Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Hi, it's Bruce Jenkins of the Chronicle Sports Department, pinch hitting here on Giant Splash. Today, I have the pleasure of interviewing Mike Kruko and Dwayne Kuyper about their 30 years together broadcasting Giants games, talking about some of their favorite moments on the air, an awkward moment or two, and how they're destined to have perhaps the longest lasting partnership in Major League Broadcasting history. Hope you enjoy it. Well, guys, this year has been a real test for everyone in baseball, the players, the media, everybody. And, uh, you know, for you guys, you're sitting there in Oracle Park. There's nobody around. There's not even a game. Nobody really is even there. And you're broadcasting a game out of San Diego. And, you know, I think people would agree that in watching the telecast, it's almost like normal and there's not even some plexiglass between you. I mean, what's it, what's it been like? Go ahead, Mike. Well, it's, it's different. And, you know, the biggest thing is we have a constant dialogue going on during the game that – you know, something will happen and we can hit the cough switch and just look at each other and we can talk, you know, and it kind of, it feels good to be able to do that with your friend. Well, now we have a piece of glass between us and I, I can't hear that great. So when he'll look over and he'll go, I have no <laughs> idea what he's saying. I miss that little patter that we have. So yeah, this has been an adjustment. You know, we do obviously hear what we're saying with the headphones on, but those little moments between in the broadcast where we could hit our cough switch and we could have that little conversation. I miss that. So it's, it's, it's not as good as it normally is, but it's still great. Well, there's gotta yeah, be plus, for, go ahead, Kai. Plus, plus Jinx, we, we get the, we get the banter in between innings, you know, where, you know, maybe Bruce Bochy did something and we're, we need to talk about it to figure yeah. out what the heck is going on or, uh, you know, we, we, we can't do it. Uh, look, we understand that this is the way it is. And we're making the absolute best of it. And we can't wait to get to the park to do it. That's the bottom line. Uh, as difficult as it might be, and it's not that difficult, we still can't wait to get to the park. That's the whole point. Yeah. Uh, the only thing that's really missing is the three or two hours before the game where we have so much fun, whether it be in the dugout, in the clubhouse, at dinner, in the lunchroom, you know, doing our scorecards, you know, all that has changed. And that's, that's the two or three hours that I miss the most. Yeah, no kidding. Um, and I'm sure there's been some moments where uh, the game is, it's a road game. Somebody hits a ball down the line, but the, the, the camera doesn't follow it. You don't know if it's fair or foul, <laughs> and there's a weird gap there. Well, I, I this is not a secret. I'll bet I've said on the ground a thousand <laughs> times, or that's telling in the air. Yeah, I mean, and all that is is it's just a way of waiting to see what's going to happen. <laughs> yeah. Because on road games, 
when the ball's hit on the ground, you don't have any idea if it's going to go through or not. Mm-hmm. And the ball's hit in the air, you don't have really an idea if it's hit at somebody or out of the park. So on the ground, in the air. Sorry, yeah. that's the best you're going to get. <laughs> Chicks, with the Phillies, they had uh, uh, Richie Ashburn, Whitey Ashburn, and, uh, and they had uh, Harry Callis, and they were a great team. Mm-hmm. And it's an example of how a play-by-play guy watches the game as opposed to a color analyst. I watch the monitor. I don't watch the field. Mm-hmm. Mike watches the field. Harry Callis watches the field. And there was a time in, in, in Philadelphia where there was a foul ball that went back behind the screen up towards the booth, and Richie Ashburn is sitting there staring at the monitor. The ball hits him right in the chest. Oh. He never sees it. Oh, my God. And Harry Callis starts laughing at him. Tell <laughs> Whitey's pissed because Harry Callis didn't give a warning. Oh. He said, well, you know what? Hey, you know, you're a big league. You're a Hall of Famer. I thought you were going to catch the ball. <laughs> he was mad because he, he didn't give him a warning. Well, when we're here tonight, a ball that gets fouled off, I'll go for the monitor. And I've trained myself over the years. Well, I'll look up just so I don't get Richie Ashburn, right? Yeah. Because that ball could come back in the booth at any time and smoke you in the head. <laughs> so now we're doing it on, on the, when the Giants are on the road and we're sitting up in the booth and we'll be watching it. Now here at Oracle Park, it's dark. There's yeah. nothing out there. <laughs> There'll be a ball hitting back behind home plate in Arizona. Here I am in San Francisco going, you know, <laughs> looking for the ball. <laughs> so it's a bit weird. That's when you know you're in a pandemic season right there. That's pandemic all the way. Oh, my God. Uh, Kaif, let me go back a ways. You grew up in Wisconsin during a really golden era for the Milwaukee Braves and with Earl Gillespie at the mic. And I'm just wondering, <clears throat> I guess you're about 13 when, they, when, you know, when they're, they're blossoming and everything. And what, what was the influence there? What, it was, what was it like following Earl Gillespie? Well, I mean, look, in those days, there are – I can't remember a Braves game on TV. I mean, the only time the Braves are on TV is when they were playing the Cubs. Mm. And uh, and those games were all televised on WGN. Uh, so Earl Gillespie and Blaine Walsh were – they were your attachment to the game. And they were bigger to me than any of the any of the players. I mean, Hank Aaron and Eddie Matthews. Sure. You know, it didn't get any bigger than that. But Earl Gillespie – uh, had a style of his own. And I never listened to anybody else. So I, I didn't know if Earl Gillespie was good. I just knew that he was my guy yeah. and he was telling me what was happening. And yeah. it turned out that he was really good. Hmm. Uh, and then my the, the beauty of Earl Gillespie is when Atlanta Braves stole the Braves from Milwaukee. Yeah. They offered Earl the job in Atlanta and he said, I'm not going. So his stock went way up when he said that. God bless him. Yeah, that was a crusher. So for you, Mike, it's, you know, it's freaking Vince Scully, for God's sakes. And you're certainly not going to – nobody's ever going to be him. But as you listen to this guy, you're a kid, but then you get older. What did you take from the way Vin did a game that you can use? Well, Vin, Vin never had an analyst. He was his own analyst. Mm-hmm. He was the color commentator, and he was the – he was the play-by-play guy. He was two guys in one. But And he taught me baseball. 
And I, and I loved him for it. And I thanked him for it. I got to thank him for that, which was pretty special. And uh, I, I would thank him every year, as a matter of fact, for that. <laughs> but what he did, which was so cool, and I try to incorporate it in our broadcast, is that he was fair. He was fair. If, if, a, if Stan Musial or Willie Stargell, if they did something, you know, it was, you know, he would, he would talk about how good they were. Yeah. He would not belabor a Charlie Neal air. Mm -hmm. You know, he would talk about the abatta in itself that uh, Roberto Clemente hit a one-hot topspin rocket to Charlie Neal that handcuffed him. And wasn't that a remarkable at bat by, by Roberto Clemente? And basically, there's two sides to every play. There's a negative and there's a positive. And it's up to you. And it's your choice. You can make that broadcast negative or you can make it positive. But in talking about the opponent, when you talk about how good an opponent is, it makes it all that much better when your home team guy does something good because he's just beat an opponent with credibility. And I learned that from him, and it's something that, uh, you know, Kuyper and I have talked about, and we try to put it in our show. Yeah, I mean, yeah I mean, it's great because you guys clearly aren't, aren't homers. I mean, obviously, you know, you love it when the Giants win and everything else, and – uh, but you did total credit to the other team. And if, if somebody hits a three-run homer, it doesn't sound like you just went to a funeral. <laughs> well, no, it's true. I mean, and you hear and, that, they actually go almost silent. It's it, it and you know, John's the one that is really, he says it all the time. It's a baseball moment. You have to, at some point, forget that it's against your team. Uh, the hardest time for us to be like that was the O2 World Series when yeah. Mike and I and Joe Angel were doing the games on radio. It was hard to give the Angels credit at the very end in Game 7. Uh, but we had to do it. I mean, otherwise, I mean, well, what are you doing uh, there? So, uh, I, mean, I mean, we were really proud of our work in that O2 World Series, mm -hmm. given the fact that it took us a long time to get over it. And some of us aren't still over it. Yeah. Oh my God. I can still remember tearing up whatever I was writing. It got worthless oh. very quickly. Uh, Kipe, a lot of people talk about your voice and, you know, how smooth and mellow it is. And yeah. How does your voice measure up to your dad's? Uh, probably very close to the same. Uh-huh. Uh, I've heard he had a boomer too. Yeah. I mean, he, I mean, my, my dad was a wonderful auctioneer. Mm -hmm. And uh, some of my favorite memories are listening to him when he was young auctioneering. But uh, but it helps to be blessed with good pipes if you're trying to do this job. Uh, and over the years, your pipes get better. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I listened to games that I did in you know in the '86, '87, and it sounds like a different guy. Mm -hmm. So. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm not in the Harry Callis mode where I'm not going to stop smoking because I think it's going to affect my voice. <laughs> and then it eventually killed Harry, right? Uh, so I do think your voice does get better over time. We'll be back with more of Crook and Kite right after this. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! 
Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Well, I wanted to talk about favorite calls over the years. Now, you know, obviously some of them come direct quickly to mind. You know, the Bonds record homer or winning the World Series. Uh, Mike, when you think about some of the great calls that you guys have had that last, that are going to last with you, whether it was a big moment or not, what comes to mind? Well, 2010 uh, in Texas uh, is one of my favorite moments. But along the way, now you have to remember, I go back and I hear some of these calls and I'm in the background going, oh, <laughs> and what I learned was, you know, get out of the way. Let the play-by-play guy do it. This is the moment. So when we're going down the road in 2010, I had learned that lesson, you know, 15, 20 years earlier, and I just tried basically get, to get out of the way of those moments. And then we started having great moment after great moment after great moment. There was no greater moment than 2010 in Texas when the Giants closed it out and they won their first championship. Mm-hmm. And when it happened, I just stopped and I looked and listened to Kype, and it was beautiful. It was historic. It was concise. It was bitching. Mm-hmm. And I was just tingling. You know, I had tears in my eyes when that whole moment went down. But his call that night was just second to none. Yeah. How about you, Kai? Also, Kruk, I was going to mention in 2002 when Kenny Lofton hit that single that sent you guys to the World Series, I think you were like, we're going! You were, and it was so, you know, you were so excited. And I, I loved it myself, but it was the kind of thing you mentioned where you were so enthusiastic that you're just letting it out, you know, on the air. But it's not something I guess you, you know you want to make a habit of. But hell, that time it sure was worth it. No, yeah, it, it just happens, you know. I mean, yeah. I can't dog anybody because I love Ron Sano and he made a habit of it. It was just, uh-huh. you know, it was fun. But I, I just think with our guys, you get out of their way. Yeah, guy, what stands out for you um, in terms of calls that are really that'll last with you? Well, I don't think anything will get better when you win your first, you know, world championship. Yeah, uh, they they asked me. You know, we did so many shows recapping that 2010 season. And I remember who asked me about, you know, how do you describe, how do you describe winning the world championship? And it was relief. It's finally over with. You know, now we don't have to hear about this organization never having won a world oh. series. So oh, it was yeah. relief. Yeah. So uh, th- that being able to make that call and then realizing that in 2012, Dave had a chance to make the final call. In 2014, John had a chance to make the final call. Uh I mean, here we are, three guys that do play-by-play, and we all had a chance to make a final call. So that was, you know, when it's all said and done, that ended up being very important. That's Uh, so great. The Bonds' home runs were all fabulous. Uh, 7.56 was a special moment because – we didn't know when it was going to happen, and our fans were just yeah. dying for it to happen. And uh, and then you just can't you can't have a swing and a miss if you're the play-by-play guy. You can't. <laughs> no. you know, that is the, that is the one night where, and it's gone. Seven fifty-two. Uh, hold it! Can we go back? Uh, yeah. 
so you just got to get the numbers right. But I've been really lucky. I've had I've had so many that uh, that it's just an overabundance, and, uh, yeah. and I'm always glad that I've had Mike sitting next to me to make those calls. You ever think about what you're going to say when a big moment is going to ha at hand, or do you just let it come naturally? No, I always said I, I wouldn't write anything down, and, yeah. and I did write stuff down. Huh? Uh, just because I wanted to make sure mm -hmm. that uh, that the right thing was said. Uh, I didn't think I was smart enough to do it off the top of my head. So. <laughs> well, Lord knows you do enough of that. Well. Yeah. Um, how about awkward moments? <clears throat> There's one little highlight reel of you guys where, Kipe, you, you go – pretty much off the rails. It's like there aren't even any vowels in there, like Sir Kemba Gimbal Which I know you exaggerated, but I mean is that the Dag Gavel got him? There might be a couple I, vowels. I, I I don't even know who that guy is that said that. <laughs> and, and and it doesn't make any sense. There aren't any words that I could possibly use that would sound or begin to start like Dag Yabble Got him, obviously, but dag yabble. It's not ground ball. It's not, and it, it's like an alien came over and, and, and called it. But it was so funny and hilarious that uh, that it's one of our favorite moments together. Because Mike right away said, "What was that? That's my favorite call of all time." <laughs> you almost have to resurrect that someday. Oh, oh, oh yeah, I got it. I. I <laughs> <laughs> That's my telephone ringer. Are you kidding me? <laughs> uh, I, there's, I had one in Cincinnati uh, with Pablo, and it was, uh, what'd it go? I drive down the right field line, foul. Gone. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those. <laughs> so, you know, yeah, right, so, you know, you blew the call. Yeah, yeah. You walk into the clubhouse. And Lopez and Crawford have got it playing every five seconds. Oh, oh my God! <laughs> and they're and now they're they're like standing in their lockers, like oh, <laughs> smiling. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, those guys tortured Dave Fleming with his home run call on Renterias when he lost his voice. They would Come on! on. <laughs> he would walk on the bus, and they played in the back. <laughs> Uh, it's different for you, Crook, because, you know, the play-by-play -play guy is a guy who's really vulnerable. You're kind of reacting to a moment. Any moments you'd like to have back? Oh, tons, <laughs> tons were, you know, I, I forget the outs or uh, I'll forget who's hitting or I just did the other night. I was talking about about uh, somebody and uh, this guy here, his dad. Oh, it's, uh, we were talking about uh, Dalton Varsho. Uh, Dalton Varsho. Uh -huh. So I'm going, this is uh, Dalton Varsho, and uh, he, uh, his dad was really a good player. Gary Varsho, and, uh, really a good guy and a good player, and he was a good guy, and he was really good. <laughs> and the guy who was hitting was uh, Nick Ahmed. <laughs> <laughs> so the guy just kind of just let me run out the whole thing. <laughs> and then when I finally realized that Varsho was on deck, I realized that I'd made the, the gaff. And then you kind of, you know, you can't go and do it. <laughs> the bullet no. shot. So it's like, and, uh, by the way, that was uh, Nick Ahmed, uh, you know, Dalton Varsho's really good friend. You kind of yeah, go right. back to one of the old shtick lines that John Miller used. Exactly. For that home run with Buster, was it Posey and Pence? Or? Uh, yeah. Hunter Pence's really good friend. or Yeah. 
Yeah, whatever. But you know, you do that. You just say something that's completely dumb, and uh, you know, you realize as soon as you're saying that, or once you do say it, I'll look over at Kipe and you know, I'll look at you like, eh, you're in the middle of this. I'd like to help you, but I can't. You know what happens though, Jenks, is when you start out doing this, those mistakes in your mind are devastating. Mm -hmm. uh, because you're young at it, you know, you, you want to be perfect. But we're at the point now where you make those mistakes, you admit it, mm. and you go to sleep at night. You know, it's like mm -hmm. the fans get it. You're going to make mistakes. Yeah. So you just have to admit it. You, if you try to cover it up, you make it worse. Mm -hmm. uh, so you just admit it. It's not a big deal. Yeah, plus Lon Simmons, Lon Simmons told us something when we were young broadcasters, and uh, and he told me, and uh, I just didn't have a good game. I was, uh, I wasn't good. And at the end of the game, Lon came up to me, put his arm on my shoulder. He goes, "Hey, just remember one thing: you're never as bad as you think you are." <laughs> yeah. I want to thank Lon. He goes, "And remember, you're never as good as you think you are either." You know, mm -hmm. and it was such great wisdom. Mm. And uh, so we kind of uh, we get over it quickly. But you know, I mean, all the times when we listen to Harry Carey like butcher a name or forget a name or was talking about uh, oh. some player that had the right first name, but then he'd give it the wrong last name, a guy who played 20 years earlier. Wouldn't that? <laughs> well, now I'm doing that stuff. Yeah, but Jenks, part of what Mike's talking about is, is Lon put Mike in the bad spot. Lon said, you're going to do some play-by-play -play right now. So take it. Yeah. So yeah. now he puts Mike in the spot where Mike is – doesn't want to do play-by-play, -play, doesn't feel comfortable doing play-by-play, -play, and Mike gets a triple play. <laughs> and, and that's when Lon put his armor on him. And yeah. what Lon should have said is, he said, I'm really sorry, Mike, I, I shouldn't have put you in that spot. But, I mean, calling a triple play is oh. hard to do, especially on radio when you have to call it right away. This is what's going on. Yeah. Well, and the call went like this. Pop up to the second baseman. Here we go. Here's the pitch. Runners are first and second. Nobody out. And here's the pop up to second base. You see, he got the pop it, and he went over the first, and then he got the pin. Three outs. It's <laughs> nice. So after the after the inning was over, I'm going, oh my god. He goes, hey, you got the outs right. <laughs> All right. So I want to talk about some trademarks. Let's start with grab some pine meat. Where'd that come from, Crook? Minor leagues just sitting, uh, you know, because every bench in the minor leagues was a pine, was a pine bench. It seemed like, and uh, every time somebody would strike out, somebody would just say, "Yeah, grab some pine meat." Mm -hmm. It was just perfect. So we kind of spun that off, and you know, it became fun, and uh, we still use it every once in a while. But you know, it's just right out of the minor. It's been said since uh -huh. the very first Giants game, 137 years ago. Yeah, exactly. How about the, that night's catcher will be in the squat putting down the signs? Well, I had a, I had a friend of mine who was uh, – uh, he was actually – he was in the hospital, and uh, I called him up, and he was he had throat cancer. So he was uh, talking like this, and uh, and he was an old catcher. And uh, so that's how he described it. He goes, hey, uh, who's in the squat tonight? Who's in the squat? <laughs> and uh, – and then he died, and so I just kind of took it, and it reminds me of every, it reminds me of every day. Squad. How about uh, 
I have a feeling this has to do with your kids, but I want that, I want that, I want that, I want that, I want that. <laughs> well, my son Wes, he'd lay on the yeah. back in front of the TV, and he'd be laying on his back, and he'd have his legs crossed, and they start. This is right before Christmas when they're using all the commercials, and they're getting all these new toys, and every commercial there's new toys, and every commercial after after the commercial was done, he would lay there on the floor and he'd say, "I want to get that, I want to get that, I want to get that." Yeah, that that's what it is, yeah. And then the next commercial would come up, and it would be, I want to get that, I want to get that, I want to get that. Yeah. So every time we have a giveaway with a Rennell Brooks bobblehead, uh, you know, I want to get that, I want to get that, I want to get that. <laughs> so we've had fun with it over the years. Jenks. Yes. You ought to see our garage with, I want to get that, I want to get that. <laughs> There's crap in both of our garages that, uh, oh, my God. Jeez. <laughs> the candlestick snow globe killing me. Oh, jeez. We have Carl the Fog Snow Globes. Yeah. <laughs> and who the heck wants to get that? Well, some. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I give our yard guy, you want one of these? No, I'm good. Okay. <laughs> How about the magic wand do? You know what? That happened where I, we're sitting in here in our booth, and some guys, we always have show these guys that have you know, the magic wand where whatever they had, Tony Gwynn had a magic yeah. wand and mm -hmm. Pete Rose had a magic wand and uh, it just morphed into one do, you know, where mm -hmm. it, it, we just added on to wand and uh, we made it to magic one do. And then people start sending us hats and t-shirts and they sent us a magic one do that, which we have in the radio booth. Uh, <laughs> and then John makes a big deal out of it because he, he says it's better than Babbitt. Uh, yeah, it's better than Babbitt. Yeah, it's the funniest yeah. shtick ever. He had a T-shirt made, "Magic One Do." It's better than Babip. <laughs> Babip so, is the batting yeah. average that you would have if every ball you hit hard found it found a became a hit. Yeah, and we tell you could just do. And the, the thing was designed to describe when a guy's hitting the ball hard, but he's not getting any hits. That's the whole idea of the stat. Yeah. So, but John tagged the magic one do with better than Babbitt, and it was, it just took on life. It's fun. I love it. <clears throat> now, Kruka, I covered a lot of tennis, and I remember Bettina Bungie. And you, you got her in there somewhere. Was it Bettina Bungie Perfect. backhand, or what, what the hell was that? No. Bob Brinley, one of the most colorful guys we ever played with, he's hysterical. And he would come back in when he's completely ticked off about. Uh, you know, here we are. It's a it's a one run ball game and two outs, and there's a runner at second base, and a guy hits this little bloop Texas leaguer, and it drops into left field, and the run scores, and now we're behind. And Brindley would come walking into the dugout there at Candlestick, and he goes, "I can't believe it. We get beat by some goddamn Batina Bungie backhand, and now we're <laughs> And it was and even if you don't know who it is, it's funny. <laughs> that made me laugh so hard, and we've been using it ever since. Yeah, I, I think Bettina Bungie now is like seventy-four years old. Yeah, I mean, I but <laughs> she made the broadcast. Oh, how about the stank eye? I know that's uh, that's pretty common. Stank eye, stank eye. Uh, what's your affection on that one? Well, that's Kipe's addition, and he did it with uh, right. with Marva Bernard. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, yeah, we've. There's always a guy on your team that's that either gives the stank guy or or you always got a guy on your team that deserves the stank guy from the other team. <laughs> and uh, and Marvin just happened to be that guy. Richard really was like that. If he got knocked down, 
Jeff Ken had the stank eye all the time. Uh -huh. so, yeah. Yeah, he had kind of an stank eye. And then there's one, possibly my favorite. Someone is yawning in the stands, and all of a sudden I feel like I'm at a Tarzan movie. <clears throat> Unbelievable. Uh, <laughs> the very first time Mike did the rhino yawn <laughs> over some guy that was yawning, I almost fell out of my chair. <laughs> and then, you know, we put it on the shelf for a year, and then he did it again, and then we had the one... I don't know if it was last year or the year before where it was a husband and a wife did it, and we both did it. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, and I started it. The guy was yawning, and I'm doing it to him. And while he's yawning, his wife starts yawning. And when she starts yawning, Kipe does it for the first time that I've ever heard Kipe do it. Uh, <laughs> and I heard and it. Was better than, it was better than Johnny Weissmuller. No. It was the Tarzan yell of all Tarzan No, yells. no. I mean, I, I couldn't hardly do it because I was laughing so hard. <laughs> can, I, can you give us a little sample? Just uh, uh, take No, a, no, no. Mike's the guy that does it. Get ah! 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 <laughs> we got them both, fans. You're not going to hear that very often. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, man. Ah. Well, it's hard to have trademarks when you're the – play-by-play -play guy without getting too hokey and it kind of, you never do but what's the origin of your of your specific home run call you know high drive to left it is out of here that everyone right. loves it how did that originate well it all started with he hits it high he hits it deep he yeah. hits it out of here yeah and that was you know that that was the original at candlestick with matt williams and carried over into this part uh but after bonds you know, it was hard to call home runs because when Bonds hit them, you could say it's at high. Yeah. yeah, because you knew they were gone. So, yeah. You know, that kind of went away for a while and it morphed into, you know, high drive to left or high drive to right. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, so that's kind of where that one's at now. But it's always going to end with the same thing. And that's. Yeah. But, but you know, that wasn't here. you imitating something from long ago. That was just something you came up with. Absolutely not. It was all, it was all by accident. And, uh, and then people started to say, you know what, you got to do that all the time. And, yeah. and then I think Larry is the one who said, yeah, you should do that all the time. And if your boss says that, yeah. you know, then you do it all the time. I love the clip where they put your home run call over your home run. That yeah, was awesome. Who, who was responsible it for was that? A, it was a great swing and it was a great call. <laughs> you can find it on YouTube, folks, where uh, – yeah. yeah, that's. I don't uh, even. I think I've seen it once or twice. Uh, yeah, it's pretty funny. Yeah, yeah. You, you should keep going, boy. This guy looks like a power hitter for the future, in my mind. This guy. Well, yeah. 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 <laughs> or you know what? He should enjoy this. He may not hit another one. <laughs> now, gentlemen, this is going to be a pleasure. I'll I'll end it with this. When when normal life returns and there's fans in the park and things are buzzing. What's the first thing you think you might do when you get to the ballpark? Maybe hug somebody for a minute or two? Or, Well, I think for me, I mean, just being able to, to talk to the manager, talk to a player face-to-face. -face. And then, I mean, some of our, our most fun is just standing behind the batting cage, standing next to Mike and standing next to Bruce Bochy or – Felipe Alou or Dusty Baker or 
We haven't had a chance to do that with, with Gabe Kapler. Mm -hmm. uh, we only know Gabe through Zoom. That's Jeez. it. Yeah. Uh, you know, we've met him in spring training a couple of times, but he was really busy. So I, I think just getting the feel of what it's like to be back on the field. On the field. Yes. We do not get the on-the-field experience that we've had for 45 years. How about your uh, group? Well, behind the batting cage and batting practice, that's, you know, has forever been one of our moments. Um, mm -hmm. You know, dinner, having dinner is unbelievable. But the thing that I am going to look forward to most, and, you know, it has happened with a full house here, and somebody hits a home run, and my partner makes a call, and I'll take my headsets off, and I'll lean out so I can hear the fans just erupt. And I miss that. That is something right now that's just putting hair, the back of my neck is standing up. And I miss that. And that's the one thing that I'm going to look forward to doing again. Let's hope it's sooner than later. Well, I asked the great uh, Doug Greenwald, son of the great Hank, about broadcasting teams and how long, uh, you know, what, what's the, what, team lasted the longest he came right up with an answer he and from what he tells me the, the record is 32 years with Vince Scully and Jerry Doggett going back to Brooklyn so I think that record's in jeopardy well we got another 10 for sure there you go hell yeah and, uh, we hope you're right Jinx but I say this we come to this ballpark now and we can't wait to get here and we take we 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 treat this game like it's the last one we're ever going to do. Yeah. And we will tonight. Well, God bless you guys. Thanks for the time. It's been a real treat. And I won't see you soon. <laughs> Wait, we'll soon do enough. It. Yeah, we're going to we're going to get this thing on their way. I, I'm uh, please. Yeah. Uh, we need to get everybody back at the park. That's what Absolutely. we need. Absolutely. All right, guys. Thanks again. You bet. The Giant Splash is a production of the San Francisco Chronicle. Podcast producers are King Kaufman and Alan Johnson. The theme song, Batter Up, was written and performed by Lauren Gold and Ray Eastless. Support The Splash and all of our great journalism by signing up for a Chronicle membership at sfchronicle.com slash pod.